What if you could unlock the extraordinary power within you? Join us on our Human Potential podcast as we explore the limitless possibilities, the holy trinity of mind, body, and spirit. Discover easy-to-action tips, inspiring stories, and expert advice to help you tap into your highest potential and live a life of purpose and fulfillment. For a free transformational tool, go to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free. Friends, beloveds, souls from the dimension of Earth, welcome to another episode of the Human Potential Podcast. Kind of change it up this week with my introduction. It's cool to do that. Welcome to another episode of the Human Potential Podcast. I'm here with the amazing Bastion. He's a dear friend of mine. He's an amazing coach. And Bastion, I'm going to let you talk about that. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I'm already like super excited to just be here and your little introduction to this beautiful podcast. You said I'm Bastian Wright, and I'm a breakup recovery coach specialized in helping women to break through that really tough time after breakup and, and bounce back and turn it into a breakthrough. Really, that's what I'm about. So this is great. We've got two men talking about heartbreak, right? <laughs> yeah. If and that isn't like masculine modern men, I don't know what Dude. is. Dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so look, so just tell me about your childhood, right? Tell me about. How it was for you as a kid. Tell me about your first experience of heartbreak and not necessarily romantic love. And be it this podcast is about heartbreak and mainly mm. focusing on romantic relationships. But I'm interested to know your story, your journey. That's interesting. Like I I had a really good childhood. I really good childhood. I had separated parents when I was really young. So obviously that's a form of heartbreak already but i don't know like the first thing that really comes up is i had a cat that was and probably for a lot of kids that's like maybe a pet for the first time where they go oh, the pet is gone and you're like you, you feel something but you might not realize that it's actually heartbreak so i would say my 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 cat because actually of having asthma i had to give it away take it away my grandma actually took that cat in she was loving cats so it was fantastic really taking care of her but i had a really great connection with that particular cat and yeah it was hard it was hard to not have her anymore <laughs> even though it was not a death in that instance but yeah like i had to let her Did, go in this this is the amazing thing about life and being a human being we mm. remember shit man we remember when something hurt us we equally yeah. remember when something felt great as well absolutely we remember when there was a level of pain, a level of heartbreak. So what happened? How old were you? What, how did you deal with that? What, what was it like? Was it talked about? Was it discussed? Or was it like, okay, here's an experience. Let's just move on. Yeah. How old was I? I, I actually don't really know. I do not remember how old I was. But yeah, I mean, there was this asthma thing coming up and I just had a hard time breathing and it was dust and it was like pet's hair and it was all kinds of stuff. There was taken measures and until then it wasn't really clear that i had asthma in 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 that way the decision was yeah based on my health right so i didn't really get it because i was pretty young but i understood in a sense right but it was really hard but i don't remember talking about it too much i know i shared i was like sad about it and this and that and my parents luckily were emotionally available and aware as well kind of to take that on and have a conversation about it 
so it wasn't like brushed off or anything like this. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a trauma left from that. (laughs) So you're a blessed one, right? You're a chosen one. Your parents were emotionally available and aware, Mm. right? Those are two big words, Mm, or three big words, right? In the world of spirituality, personal development, personal growth, it's about emotional intelligence, it's about self-awareness. You're right. In so, their own way. In like, their own way, right? Yeah. In their yeah. own way. Like it's yeah. but yeah, it's actually beautiful you're saying it like this because I never really thought about it that way. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I am blessed. I truly yeah. am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Because most of us, and I'm sure it's all relative, we come from dysfunction, right? You know, mm, yeah. from zero to seven, that's where our beliefs are formed, that's where we have subconsciously been programmed. And most yeah. of it comes from dysfunction because our parents neither had the time, the resource, or the know-how how to deal with their emotional stuff. So they just project it onto us. So let's move the conversation on to to heartbreak, right? Which I find this this subject fascinating because all human beings, I'm going to make that bold statement, have no doubt experienced heartbreak in their lives. And most of us have experienced romantic heartbreak in our lives. I'm going to shift back to a time when I experienced romantic heartbreak right this was a couple of years ago i was in love with someone we wasn't reciprocated she had moved on bang right sadness sorrow hurt pain trauma and i remember the things i actually did and this is what i want to talk about right there was four or five things i did in that experience and one of them was ruminating on the what ifs should have could have would have should have been more attentive could have been more loving. Maybe I should have texted her more. And I'm sure you're familiar with this familiar yeah. pattern. Of course. And so I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on, okay, if that's present in someone's life right now, how does one deal with that? What does one do? What's, yeah, what's the practical steps one can take? It's, we all have these thoughts, right? They're, they're everyday thoughts. They just become stronger in moments of pain and struggle. And I think heartbreak is just one of these amazing catalysts in a sense as as painful as a heartbreak is it has it has the chance to give us so many gifts of transformation after that if we allow it and that's where the difficulty comes in so yeah it's a tough one man like there's thinking traps right this is psychological they're called thinking traps when you go into i should have or you make everything like zero or one it's like either good or bad and there's these things that we do as human beings and the shoulda woulda could have and is exactly one of those and i like to things make like I, i like to make things simple right and it's a matter of accepting reality that's what it boils down to and we're really good at not accepting reality and somehow we as human beings and not to diminish that, but like we're thinking we're like so important in the universe that we can say what the reality should be, but we aren't. And we all experience that. We think that way, but what good does it do for us? It actually doesn't. So it's a matter of accepting what is, and that is a really tough part because we have to accept the pain. We have to accept the struggle. We have to accept that someone maybe doesn't love us anymore. We have to accept our mistakes, our failures, our, like all that kind of stuff. And that's heavy. That's really heavy. But it comes down to accepting what is, accepting reality. And here we are pushing against that. And all suffering comes from resisting reality, man. Like it's that, that's where the suffering really comes from is I'm trying. I think it should be any other way. 
now I suffer because I can't cope with the reality. And working on that particular part, just understanding that will give you a lot of peace that wasn't there before because, well, you have to understand you can't change it. You can't change your own faults. You can't change the other person. You can't change things except going forward yourself. You can learn from these things. You can learn from mistakes, but everything else is basically out of your control. And just like hearing that, understanding that, I think goes a long way when it comes to the should have or could have kind of things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And for me, in, in accepting that this was the way my relationship, my romantic relationship ended, part of that acceptance was acknowledging this breakup hurts. This is painful. And I get to honor this pain. Now, that took me time because I was resisting that. I was like, like you just said, I was like, should have, could have, would have. It should be this way. We should be together. She was my soulmate. She was the one, the love of my life. All these terms mm -hmm. that we, stories we make up, which actually stopped the acceptance. Yeah. And once I recognized, okay, I need to let the symphony of my heart experience this pain. I've got, mm -hmm. I've got to honor this. And by honoring it, I get to be gentle with myself. I get to nourish myself in other ways and yeah that helped me in the acceptance of the situation so i think it's, a, it's, a, sorry, it's, it's a really important part of acceptance it's not just accepting reality but a, a, another part of that acceptance is accepting the emotions that i'm feeling right now which is another form of resisting a lot of people say oh i shouldn't feel sad over this person i shouldn't feel this way because they were this and such they were they treated me in this and this and that way i shouldn't feel love anymore i shouldn't and now we're resisting the feelings that are there. And again, when we're keeping them there, it makes us sick, basically. It makes everything more intense and just, well, it hurts more at the end of the day. And the only solution for that is really to feel it. And it's one of these terms, right? You got to feel it to heal it. And it's true. It's just, I wish it was any other way, but like it's the human experience is about emotions and feeling things and accepting and being okay with that is really... It's, it's really what makes the difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. And leads me on to my second point, because one of the other things I realized I was doing, maybe unconsciously, was I was internalizing this rejection, right? And I framed it as rejection in the first instance. She rejected me. And I was internalizing, meaning I was believing this rejection was a reflection of my worth, my self-worth, yeah. and that this breakup was a failure and that it was some way not complete and that wasn't enough. So again, I'd like to talk to that, talk to about the rejection part of the, mm. this internalization of and framing the story as I'm a failure, I'm not good enough. Yeah. I think it's natural, right? We look to blame something or we, we try to find something externally that, that is the reason for the failure or whatever, but I think not just in love or good relationships, everything in life comes down to our self-worth and our self-love because the way we love ourselves or the amount of worth that we feel, it makes us 
do different things, take different decisions, right? For example, if I have a, a good amount of self-love and self-worth, I will not allow certain people into my life because I've made that boundary clear for myself. And I say, no, I don't need this. I don't want this. And then automatically we have a different circle of people, different types of relationships than if, we are, if we're not. And this is really, I, th- I would say, one of the biggest parts of my work that I do is bring back that self-love and that self-worth because it's at the base of absolutely everything. And you have to feel it and see it about yourself. It doesn't matter how often I tell you as a good boyfriend how beautiful you are, how this, how that. If you don't believe it about yourself, it doesn't matter. And I say, whatever you believe is true. And that speaks to the stories we have in our head. And this is exactly what you meant. We always have a choice to go this route with our thoughts, or we can go down the spiral. We can go upwards or downwards. And this is no different. Yeah, it's a very, it's a dear topic, I think, because it's really, it's at the core of everything, not just relationships, but there it's just like imminent, right? It it comes out stronger because we're vulnerable, we're open, we're sharing stuff from ourselves with other people that that we normally don't do maybe in business or in other circles. Yeah, we're just closer to the core in a sense. So it hurts more and it's more profound as well. Exactly that. And I noticed in my own kind of journey, it was firstly conceptually understanding that my worth is not determined by my romantic relationship uh, and that I'm not going to further extend this pain mm-hmm. by rejecting myself, which is what you just talked about, a rejection of yourself. Yeah. Um, and that I'm going to, as much as I can in this moment of sorrow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept all of who I am especially the not so perfect parts of me, especially these stories where I've said, I'm not handsome enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm going to allow these to be here. And going back to our first point around acceptance, I'm not going to let this determine my future. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's crucial. It's, it's so crucial to get there, but it's, it's difficult, right? Because we attach ourselves and our identity so much to that partner or to that relationship. Like yes. we identify ourselves through that thing mm. or that relationship or that partner, or whatever. And now like it breaks away and like you lose parts of your identity and you're like, who am I? What am I doing? Who am I without that person? And like, you're going to be overwhelmed because there's a lot of emotions and stuff that comes up in that moment. And that's, it's tricky, right? It's tricky. The key for me to have to deal with all that, and we've touched on it before, and I go back to this point that you raised around acceptance. That to me is the gateway of everything. Any emotion you are feeling, you need, and I'm going to use the word need, you need to accept it. You need to accept it for order you to, for, in order for you to come through it as quickly as possible. right? And again, that's difficult. That's challenging, right? Because I had people telling me, and I'm going to talk about contacting your ex a bit further down and down the line but it's come up now i had people telling me delete her number delete the photos delete the instagram delete the facebook and i'm like i don't want it part of me wants to hold on to this right i I fucking love this person (laughs) i'm not ready to do that shit yeah Um, you're not you're not going to manifest the relationship you want i'm like yeah but i'm not fucking there yet there's a process there's a grieving there's a cycle that i get to go through and just see me where I'm at right now, which is in the pain, in the trauma, in the heartbreak, in the rejection. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's tough as a friend, right? They mean in, in saying these platitudes kind of stuff and yeah. maybe even villainizing your ex or that kind of, she was never this or she was never that or he was never this or was never that. It doesn't help. So stop that if you're a friend. Like what we need is basically what we do as a coach in a sense is like creating that safe space for expression without judgment. So mm -hmm. these this feelings can be said because you're cropping the emotional release in a sense when you jump in as, oh, they were never good for you anyway, or he or she is an asshole or whatever. It doesn't actually help because you're stopping the process of releasing yes. the emotions and the words this person needs to say in order to move forward and release. And I think in coaching, this is what we do. We create that really safe container space for them to just be and express and talk and release those energies and we have tools and, and things to help them to just get it out because it needs to be felt that's one of the main reasons we're struggling so much and i would even go as far as like the real pain that you're feeling after a breakup is not just the thing that's gone or left it's the disconnection you have with yourself and that's a profound thing because you're focused on everything else But all I do in coaching is come back to yourself because that's what a work is. It's not with your ex. It's not with this person, not that event. It's not this situation. It's what's going on inside of you. And that's where transformation happens, right? And that disconnection, let's talk about, I don't know, like passions. You stop following passions because you're in a relationship now. You have a partner, you sacrifice certain things and this and that. You let go parts of yourself and we attach this identity to this other person. Now you become a thing together. But like, we forget that we're two individuals supposedly coming together and like co-creating a beautiful relationship. It's not about half and half coming together making it one it's about one and one coming together and make it like the icing on the cake is the relationship and it's even more amazing that's what a relationship should look like so it's really important we're detaching this and then it breaks away and the real pain we're feeling is the disconnection of ourselves so this is profoundly insightful because like you said all roads lead to the self Yeah, all, all roads lead to you, and it's the and it's the inner work that you do on yourself will actually facilitate the healing yeah. of a broken heart, of a broken mm -hmm. relationship, 100%. of other aspects in your life around your business, your work, your health, everything. It's all about self. I have this saying that your internal state equals your external world. Meaning, yeah. you master your internal state. Guess what? Your external reality will be very different. Will reflect that. Yeah, and like you said also earlier on breakups can be if you allow them to be profoundly transformational hmm. because they allow you to go deeper they allow you to ask questions around what's happened here what's really going on with me what beliefs do i have about myself yeah am i sabotaging myself what hmm. is it i really want what do i need how do i create that what work do i need to do on myself that will allow me to be the most happiest, joyous person in this world. 100%. And again, like you said, just to reiterate this is a coach can do that, right? A coach, a healer, a mentor, someone who is an embodiment of self-awareness, someone who has been on the journey, who's trodden that path, yeah. will provide you with insights and tools like we're doing now. Because this 100%. is we're giving people tools, right? 
around acceptance, around allowing to feel the emotions, expressing yourself, holding mm. yourself, being gentle with yourself. These are all great tools. And this is a human potential podcast. And I say this in every podcast. This is about giving people tools, right? Because tools give you choices. Guess what? Choices give you potentials. Choices give you potentialities. Choices yeah. give you more of what you want to create. Yeah. So, and so I went on a little rant there, a little rampage. <laughs> I want to close the circle back to yeah. like self-worth and self-love is exactly like it's linked to choice, right? Because you're going to make different choices by the amount of self-love and self-worth you, you have for yourself. That's what it comes down to. And it's not about regretting past relationships or any of that. It's about taking what you learn from them and moving forward with newfound self-love and newfound self-worth. And you will attract different people. And this is exactly what you said, right? It's like, that's what we're sending out. This now newfound love for ourselves, the newfound worth for ourselves, and it will attract different type of people. We will not be attracted anymore to a certain type of person. So these this cycles of going into the same relationship with a different person, but the same patterns will break because of that. It will break because of that, not because of any other reason. It just breaks because you have set a different standard for yourself and found a different love for yourself that you're not willing to give up anymore. So you're not going to allow it. That's, yeah, that's very true. And I love that. I love the way you close that loop. And look, the other thing that I want to talk about in the realms of heartbreak is this idea, and we hear it all the time, about closure. Right. <laughs> and then there you go. I love that reaction. And those of you who listen and can't see Bastion's reaction, it's I know this. I know what you're talking about. I know where you're going with this. So we do this very human thing. We want answers, right? Because we think answers give us control. And we think control gives us a level of how we can dictate our lives and call in the emotions that we want to experience. Yeah. And this idea about closure, right? Wanting to know why has this happened and wanting to seek out the X. Explain to me, tell me, soothe yeah. me. I want to know. I want to know. So what's your views and what's your kind of practical steps and tools to, for people who are seeking closure and feel, and for me, it's like misguided that we need closure to move on because I, I think, I, I, yeah, go ahead. It, I get it, right? Like I was in the same situation. I was like, trying to reach out and I've done all that myself. So I, I completely understand you're like, you're in a spiral, right? Then you're emotional and this and that is, again, you're looking in the wrong place though. Again, you're looking outside for the answer when the answer is actually inside. And I think closure can be very dangerous because you might not get it. So what do you do now? Because some people might not talk to you anymore. Some people are, when we talk, lost because of death or something like this. They, there might not be a way for you to communicate anymore. There might not be a way for you to get closure. So what do you do? you got to give the closure to yourself, <laughs> right? So again, you got to go inwards and let it go in a sense and forgive and heal and whatever is necessary. I completely agree with you. It is not necessary to have the conversation with your ex but again like not accepting reality can it can really keep you stuck because you're like oh unless i don't talk to this person i cannot move forward now you're stuck because now you're repeating it now you're in the loop 
and you're creating that reality for yourself is I can't move forward unless I have this conversation and now you're stuck. And that's the opposite of what is what healing is like, right? So you've got to find that spot in yourself. And that's part of coaching, obviously, as well, to get to these places of forgiveness, to let to go to these places of letting go. Because forgiveness is not necessarily forgiving the other person for what they did and their wrongs and all that. They might have done horrible things, but forgiving is you being able to move on. You, so you got to let that go in order for you to move on. It's about you. Forgiving is about you. It's not about them. It's about you moving forward because you're, you have this cord. You have this connection with whoever person you're not forgiving or not letting go that keep it, it's still alive. It's still alive. And they still have control over your life in that sense. But it's your choice to, to break that and let that go and say, you know what? It doesn't matter why you did it. I found something in this heartbreak. I found my love. I found self-worth. I'm happy. I'm going to keep doing my thing. And I'm going to move forward. And that's also a process, of course. It's not easy, right? We're spitting these nuggets, but these are processes that we have gone through and they have not been just a week long or two days long. It's a process. It's a journey, right? Like to get these concepts and to really understand and to feel them and to live them and to believe them. But again, it's, and I'm probably going to repeat myself a couple of times here in the next, in the next few minutes, but it's all about you. It's about coming back to yourself. The answers are within. I know these are all these sentences that are thrown around, but the, it's the truth. It's the truth. Everything that you need is within yourself. The forgiveness, the letting go, the healing, the answers. It's, it's all there. And that's where the work is. And that's where we have to look. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in repeating ourselves, I, th I think people need to be reminded of that, right? That it is all about the self. It's, you have the answers, you have the wisdom, you have the inner knowing. The answers are within you. And that message yeah. does need to get repeated because the other messages that have been repeated through your lifetime, and for me, it was about my worthiness. I'm not worthy. I'm not mm. lovable. I'm not capable. They've been going on for years and years. So the new messaging needs to be repeated, it needs to be embedded, it needs to be actioned as well, right? Because the other part, and I'm talking about my own experience, when I hear a sound bite, like, it's all about you, it's all about the inward journey. Yes, I know the truth of that, because I've been on that inward journey, I'm mm. going to continue to be on that journey. Yeah. And I'm like, how do we bridge the gap from it becoming a sound bite to actually people taking action and embodying that soundbite, beginning that journey of inner work, that beginning that journey of self-awareness, because I have a saying, self-observation equals life transformation. Again, a, a nice saying, a nice soundbite, sounds good on the air. Yeah. But what are the practical steps to embody that, to action that? I'd love to get your thoughts on it. I have my own views on it, but I'd love to get your yeah. thoughts on that. What you basically just said, this nice sentence is about awareness. It's having awareness and the awareness is the first step to changing anything but it's not enough and this is the other part that you said it's not enough to just have awareness you need to somehow be able to bring it into your life and find a tool to actually facilitate that and i found one of the best tools for me is journaling it's definitely journaling 100 it has changed my life in a profound way i use it Every day with my clients, I use it all the time. I give prompts because it's about giving 
them the tools to do that work with themselves. I'm not here to create another dependency on a coach or a therapist or whatever it is. It's like, no, I got to give you the tools so you can do that work with yourself because this is a never ending journey, man. This work will never end. It might be a heartbreak right now, but next time it's business, this time is money, and then something else comes in. And it's the same stuff. It's the stories you have in your mind, the beliefs that you currently have about your reality is what keeps it there and is what keeps it going. And looking at those, I found with journaling and specific journaling tools or journals, I've created my own journals where you have a check-in with yourself and you build that awareness. I even built in, because we all know these gratitude journals and all that kind of stuff, which is fantastic, but I wanted it to take it a step further and really facilitate that awareness. And I have this question in is, what is the story I told myself today that is not reflecting my vision? And now I'm paying attention to the stories that are not supporting what I actually want in my life. And just that is creating a backlog of beliefs and a backlog of awareness around yeah, certain beliefs that are just not helpful. And then we can go in and we can dissolve them. We can use affirmations to twist them around because that's what you said before is neuro neuroplasticity, right? It's rewiring these beliefs that were told to us for a lifetime. And now we come in and we want to replace them. That's a process, right? We have to repeat new things. And that's what affirmations really are at the end of the day is repeating a new mantra, a new kind of thinking, a new thought instead of repeating the old one. And awareness is that little moment in between what is happening in your life and your reaction. And that's what we're working with. I love the quote of 10% is what happens to you and 90% is how you react to it. And that's the choices that we're trying to become better at. And awareness does that. So yeah, that does. I think journaling. <laughs> so look, the tool and the nugget and the gold within everything you just said is about that question, right? What, and please repeat it if I've got this wrong. What stories am I telling myself today that don't reflect my vision? Yeah. That in itself is a great tool into this world of self-awareness. That yeah. question in itself is a portal to change and transformation and going deeper within yourself. So I'm going to invite my listeners. Ambassador, <laughs> please say the question again because it's your tool and I love you, I love you to give it to people is to ask themselves this question and journaling on it every day. So please say the question, my yeah. friend. It's what story have I told myself today that is not reflecting my vision? Wow. I feel the power and energy behind that. Yeah, it's right. beautiful. It's I'm actually really going to use that today. It's, it's yeah. It. yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that one today, bro. That's okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I like to create journals because they give you structure. They, because let's be honest, right? No matter how aware you are, it's really easy to become unconscious for a moment and to fall back into a certain pattern and forget something or whatever. And the journal really gives you structure. That's why there's gratitude journals. That's why they make you repeat three things you're grateful for every day because it trains your mind to see more things you can be grateful for. So this question will do the same thing, just in another way. It will train your mind to to catch thoughts and beliefs that are not helpful to you and we have a choice to believe those 
or believe something else. I always say it in this way or an, an analogy. It's like you're the producer of your life, right? You decide if it's a horror movie or if it's like a romantic love story. That's, that's your choice in the way you think, in the way you choose to react to certain situations, in the meaning you make of situations or thoughts. We make meaning. The stories we tell ourselves is the base of this. I love how you articulated that. Thank you. And just circling back to this whole, actually, before I circle back to the closure part, just wanted to touch on another part that you talked about around forgiveness and this mm. kind of misplaced notion that forgiveness is always about the other person. Yeah. When actually forgiveness, like most things, are always about you. Yeah. Because in your ability to forgive someone that has hurt you, sorry, you're actually letting go of any negative feelings that you're holding on to yeah. for that person, with that person. So actually, when you let go of those negative feelings, it's benefiting you to forgive, right? It's benefiting yeah. you to forgive. Um, yeah. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on forgiveness because that's a really fascinating topic. It has so many dynamics to it, mm. so many elements, so many nuances. And one of the nuances for me is forgiveness is about yourself. It's not about forgiving the other person. It's... It's so important. It's so important that I also put it into my journal before going to sleep. Is what is one thing I need to let go of today? Because listen, like you carrying it on with you only hurts you. It doesn't like you can be angry with people. You can do all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't like it. It has nothing to do with them. You feel crappy at the end of the day. You feel angry. You feel tense you have all that kind of stuff and it's stuck energy that it's not how that is not helpful so understanding that makes you release things much much faster and let go of stuff and that's what we really want i want to go to bed not full of anger i want to go to bed not full of tension because i'm going to be in that energy my the whole night afterwards and i don't want to wake up angry again and i'm sure you've experienced that you the, and it's a saying as well, right? The way you go to bed is the way you wake up. And it's true because now so your subconscious mind while you're sleeping is basically ruminating on all the emotions and all the stuff that you're going to bed with. So it is that important. It is that crucial to let stuff go because it's only hurting you and no one else. <laughs> Excellent. Amazing. Beautiful. Love that. Good journal, man. journal. That's the value, right? That's the value mm. of, of journaling. And uh, I'm also thinking it's the value of this podcast is having amazing people like you come on and give people these amazing tools and to help facilitate change and transformation. Yeah. Now I want to circle back to the closure part. And you mm. talked about mantras and information. Mantras I used because in my heartbreak of a romantic relationship a couple of years ago, I had questions. I, one of the questions I had was like to give some context when I went up to see the woman that I was in love with and I had told I was in love with her, she had recently started seeing someone else and she didn't tell me that, right? Mm. And it wasn't only, sorry, when she did tell me that, it was three months later when I went to see her again to tell her that I love her and I want to be with her, I want to fight for her and I want to have a future with her, that she said, stop, I'm, I've moved on. And there was heartbreak, there was sadness. And there was also this kind of question, well, why the fuck didn't you tell me three months ago when I came up to see you, to tell you that I was in love with you, that you started seeing someone? And I got angry. I was like, my ego was mad. Like, 
how dare she not tell me? How dare she make me stew? And I, I made, I projected all this, all my anger onto her. So what was the story though that you told yourself in that moment? That's I'm super curious. Like in the moment of the moment when, you got angry and she's not telling you. Yeah. What did you make it mean in that moment? I made it mean betrayal. I made it mean that she was deceitful. Yeah. And then in her deceit, I'm like, she obviously doesn't think I'm worthy enough to be told the truth. Yeah. I made it about me on a subconscious level. But consciously, I was like, how dare she betray me? How dare she deceive me like that? I've come here and laid my heart on the line. And she didn't even have a decency to tell me that actually she started seeing someone else. Yeah. Un unconsciously, I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Blah, 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 blah. So it was all present. Mm. But my point is to that, in order for me to move on, I had to be comfortable in the not knowing. Mm. And not knowing why she did that. And to this day, I don't know why she did that. And I'm okay with that. It's, it's not, she would have had her reasons and her reasons are her reasons. And I've got no right to project my shit onto that. Yeah. Uh, and I had this beautiful mantra. I had, and I used to repeat it like every day, every time I used to get angry and, ah, oh, she should have told me and she didn't and she withheld information. I was like, I had this mantra is that I may, I may never know why this didn't work out mm. and I don't need to know. Yeah. And I just kept repeating that. I may never know what's in my chat and I don't need to know. Yeah. And it's in the unknown and this, we've taught this in the world of personal development, spiritual yeah. growth. It's yeah. in the world of the unknowing is where the nectar lies. It's where the beauty is, where the growth is, where the love is, where the abundance is. Yeah. Because as human beings, and we've touched on this before, we need ultimate control. Ugh. Let me control every aspect and every minute of my life. And that way I can make sure my heart never gets hurt. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you get to a stage where you're like, fuck that. It's exhausting. I just, just want to let go, man, because this is tiring. <laughs> like you said, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. So look, like I made my point around the kind of closure part. I don't know if you've got anything to add around closure before I move it on. No, I think, yeah, it's one of these things, right? That's discussed everywhere and how important it is and this and that but you got to be able to live without it actually right and it has a lot to do with again accepting reality and the meaning we make of something the only reason why you really want to know is because you are hurt you made it about your ego you made it about yourself you made it about your self-worth your self-love and exactly. then you're like oh how come you're hurting me like this and yeah, yeah. yeah. people don't owe us in a sense we think they do, but at the same time, like we all have our stories. With, I, I love having compassion and I know it sucks and I know it's really hard sometimes, but like compassion to me means I don't really know why someone does something, but I understand that there is something that makes them act in a certain way. And I will never understand. I will never know. And I don't need to know, right? Because all it does, this need to know is... It's keeping me there. It's keeping me stuck. It keeps me from healing. It keeps me from moving forward. And that's easier said than done. Like, I'm not going to stand here and say this is all easy stuff, but all these wise sentences and all that, I get it. But that's why it is a process. And then that's why we help people move through those, move through those cycles and stages of grief or breakup or whatever, because 
And actually, you just mentioned something about the unknown, right? That's the place I want to get people to, in a sense, when I coach them, because unknown can be looked at in two different ways. It can be a really scary thing, or it can be freaking exciting, because now you get to design your life. Now you get to design your dream relationship. And it's just a matter of looking at it. It's, oh, I lost all this, and I have no idea what to do with it, or wow, I have all this space, I have all these things and can do, I can do whatever I want. I can design it in the way I want. I can use the colors that I want. I can, so it's like that shift. We're all about shifting perceptions and perspectives and beliefs and all that, which ultimately makes the difference. Yeah, look, I think, again, such wise words about the known and unknown. And the other point to what you just said for me is about this being a process and actually, well, one of the cliches is around time. Time heals all wounds. Now, again, when I was experiencing my own heartbreak, that was said to me by well-meaning people, well-meaning friends who, who loved me and wanted to soothe me and they could see I was in pain. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear that now. Y yes, I know it's true, but I'm not in that place where these sound bites are going to help me. and. What's my point here? My point here is when we are in the midst of pain and sorrow and trauma and grieving, what I found works best is that I want to meet that person where they're at. So if they're in their pain, I want to meet their yeah. pain. I don't want to offer them sound bites. Yeah. Yeah. If they're crying their eyes out and they're completely in, in some sort of devastation, let me see that. Let me witness that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to offer them time heal all wounds or there's plenty more fish in the sea. That's a great one in England. There's plenty more fish in the sea. Just bullshit. That. Yeah, that's not honoring where the person's at. And no. I know we've touched about this earlier on and we're talking about it again, but for me, that's so important. It's so important. Yeah. And it actually leads into the next subject I want to talk about. I know, sorry, I know you want to say something. Go ahead. No, the, no yeah. problem. It's, it diminishes what you're feeling, right? It's important to, to validate the feelings that are going on right now in that person because, again, they need to be felt. If we don't feel them and we move forward, they will come back up. They will boil back up and mostly more intense, more, more harmful. But I also want to say something to to time heals everything. And yes, of course, time heals everything because the, I'm not even sure if I agree with that statement, to be honest, because we know there's people going through life with resentment and they die with resentment. So did it really heal with time? No, I think what heals is your willingness to look inside and to question things. And that's what really heals stuff is not waiting for it you can wait your whole life for it basically and never change and we know people that that are never changing and that's okay that's their journey and another thing i want to speak to when Hold it comes before, to before you do that i love that framing of it i love that framing mm -hmm. of it i think that's a really important point and again that's a really important tool around the framing of what you just said around time so thank you for sharing that yeah absolutely this is completely normal. This is your body adjusting to the new reality of being with yourself and not with a partner. This is your body. Your body needs time to process. So be kind to yourself in that journey. It's super, super important. You've got to have compassion for yourself. It's sometimes the hardest thing to have compassion for yourself and to be kind to yourself. And just remember, that's it's super, super important. And the third thing, <laughs> and there's just new things popping up, but 
What I actually wanted to say with time is because there's this saying of, oh, if you were in a relationship for two years, so it's going to take at least like double of that to heal from it. There's all this stuff out there. It's not true. It doesn't matter. Some people heal really fast because they have the pain. They're there and they want to go and they want to move through it. And they do. And it's maybe more intense, but shorter. And there's other people they need to go about this in, in a slower pace and with more, how do you say, like more softness in a sense. And that's okay. I'm saying it doesn't have to take years to heal. It doesn't because I've experienced, I've worked with people over maybe eight weeks or something and they changed their lives, like lives in, in terms of moving from one place in Australia to the other one, pursuing their dancing dream that they had. It doesn't have to be three years. But it's a matter of you being ready and open and vulnerable and getting help maybe as well to, okay, let's do this. Let's heal. And healing doesn't have to be this crazy, dangerous thing that we all think of. It's a matter of, because it can be beautiful in a sense as well, because you actually get back to yourself in the process. You you create more love for yourself. So it's not just negative emotions and feelings to be released and limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff. It's also a process of coming back home. It's a process of, of coming closer to yourself. And that is, that's freaking amazing. You know what I mean? That actually feels good because you're like, oh, I'm going to treat myself tonight because I did this coaching session today or something like this. I did something. I did some work and I'm proud of myself. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for that. And thank you for just opening up the awareness around time and how it's, it's very individual. Right. Like 100%. you say, for one person, it could be a matter of months. For another person, it can be a matter of years. And there's no judgment in that. There's no comparison in that with other people where you are in your journey. Because for me, the journey is the journey. The journey can never be wrong. Yeah. And the other caveat to that, I would add, is the more, the deeper you go, the more curious you become, the less linear time right? The less linear time it can potentially take for you to heal yeah. your heart, for you to move on, for you to accept, for you to let go, for you to create what yeah. you choose to create. Yeah. And the kind of other point to that was around, my mind's gone blank. So we're talking about time, <laughs> forgiveness. I don't know, Bastion. I've forgotten. That's completely. Uh, you said it all though. You said it all in, in the most amazing way. So, so look, let's move on to another aspect of heartbreak. And that's about when we, are, when we experience romantic heartbreak, it's not about just grieving the loss of that relationship. It's also grieving the loss of the future yeah. that you had for that relationship, mm -hmm. the home you wanted to build, the family you wanted to create. And yeah. that can shake your sense of stability and leave you in deep discomfort and uncertainty. And we've talked about the unknown kind of coming up in this, yeah. in this part of the conversation as well. So again, how, I guess we've already answered this question. It's like, what do I do? What do I say? How do I be in, into it? How do I accept that? Okay, yeah, I am actually grieving for this lost future that I built up in my mind. It comes back to yeah. acceptance again. It's another form of accepting that this, and it's okay to grieve that because... <laughs> We have plans, we have dreams, we have stuff, and then it doesn't work out. And we cry about it, be sad about it, because, yeah, we put energy in it. We put effort in it. We had a vision for it. And just sometimes things don't work out. Actually, oftentimes things don't work out the way we envision them or ex expect them. And 
yeah, it's you got to grieve it. You got to allow it. You got to accept it and take your time with that aspect, no matter what it is. You were thinking, oh, I'm going to have this beautiful family in three years. And now this timeline is shaken up. And yeah, then all these thoughts obviously come up of, oh, I might never have that. Or, and then you go down the spiral and it doesn't have to go down the spiral, but that's high level stuff, right? It's not easy to catch yourself in those very emotional moments and see the good in everything, right? That's, that takes time. And that's another, another process, but I think you got to uh, you got to accept. And I think what comes up for me right now is anxiety, right? Anxiety to me is a fear of the future. It is a fear of the future, simplified, right? Without the meaning anxiety or depression. Depression is living in the past, living in the past. And anxiety is living in the future in that sense. Like in, in your mind, you're in the future. You're like, and you're projecting a future that is not beneficial to what you want right? So you're projecting something into the future that you don't want. And these are all these thoughts of I'm never going to have that. I'm never going to find someone like this person that I was just with. And then you're not seeing the potential, you're seeing the loss. And that's a really, that's a thing the mind really does, right? The mind is really good at at keeping you safe and keeping you in the known, basically. So it will tell you all the things that you lost, but it will never see what you could gain from that. And that's you as the observer, you as the consciousness, you have that ability to actually envision that that's the superpower of consciousness. It's like, I can see beyond what the mind is doing and telling me like, in the past, I can actually look into the future, but the, the tricky part is to make that future look the way you want. And in a grieving time and in a process, this can be tricky and can be difficult. Exactly. A couple of points from me on that. We, like you just said, we are so heavily biased in terms of our egoic orientation about what we've lost. Yeah. That's just the way we've built, right? That's the, yeah. that's the kind of dysfunction of our ego and the way, the way we've been brought up. The mind it's works, all about, yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. all about what we've lost and not about what we what we can create. And, and secondly, these are great tools. And again, we've talked about this and we go back to this point and you just said it that these are tricky in the moment of your grief. Right. These tools that we're talking about right now, they come later in the process. Yeah. Because in the moments of grief, you just need to be how you are. Yeah. It's about emotions, right? It's about emotional regulation first. So you can come to a place of more calmness and objectivity. And that's maybe then the moment where you can look into the future in a different light. In the moment of sadness and grief, and I just lost this and like heaviness and all that is not the moment to try and envision a future that is completely different because you're not going to believe it, right? So it's about all about emotional regulation first, yep. coming back to a place of calm. And talking about regulation, and I think this was the point I wanted to make earlier with my mind. Mm. Okay, great. <laughs> was around this element of co-regulation. Okay, and we've talked a lot about empowering people. It's an inward journey, making them the hero of their own story. They're their own guru, yeah. which is correct and true. And also this element and this nuanced element of when I'm in pain, when I'm suffering, there's something very powerful, there's something very healing, there's something very transcendental about co-regulation, i.e. being with someone who's going to create the space for you yeah to be your messy self right to to see you in yeah. your most vulnerable where you can share how you're really feeling 
in that moment. And being held and being seen and being witnessed in that co-regulation is tremendously healing, it's tremendously powerful, and it will get you to where you want to be in terms of your creations and the romantic relationship you want to create a lot quicker. Yeah. Now, I know yeah. as a coach, you create this space. I'm part of groups and my co- coaching clients, I create this space. Uh, and I really want to promote co-regulation. So be it with a coach, be it with a friend who can actually hold you and see you and is not going to offer you all this kind of uh, un- unsolicited advice about well-meaning advice. Let's not get it wrong. Well-meaning for advice. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I encourage people to seek co-regulation in whatever form that takes. Yeah, 100%. I think coaching, listen, coaching is, we have it everywhere right? We have it in sports. It's like a completely normal thing. We have it much more now in mental areas, like, but mostly also in sports, like mental coaches and whatever, because they have understood that it's all about their mindset towards whatever they're trying to achieve, right? And learning to regulate their emotions so they're not stuck for three months when they should be training or something like that. Because if we're not good at that, it, we fall off the wagon really fast. And that's not the problem. The problem is more like, how fast can I get back on track? And you will fall off the wagon. It's like with every diet, with, every, with everything in life, you will fall off the wagon and that's okay. And there we have to have compassion. And it's about, okay, how can I come back and be my myself again? And they have understood that in, in sports for a very long time. And athletes do it more and the mental aspect becomes more and more important. So why not in other areas of life? We have business coaches there. It's completely normal. So the thing is, we haven't been taught how to love except maybe what we've seen as a child. And like we basically define love and what love is based on what we saw around us. And that can be very dysfunctional for some and it can be completely different for others. But that's the way we learned what love is and how to love someone else and this and that. So why not have a coach that teaches you how to communicate better with your partner, how to have a loving relationship, how to love yourself more so you make better choices in your life and don't allow toxic and negative things into your life. It's the same thing. There's specialists for certain topics and working with them is just a shortcut in a sense to get faster to the result that you want. That's why they have football coaches and mental coaches and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And I'm always fascinated to know from your perspective as a coach, what do you think stops people from reaching out? It's a couple of the things I think that we spoke about already or touched on. It's that not wanting to accept reality I think is a part of it is I don't want to, because if I do get help, it's I admit, right? I admit that something is not working and it's really hard. It's really hard for us to admit that we're, that we don't know what to do next and that we don't know how to handle something in a world where every, everything is to be perfect and we don't have flaws and we strive for this perfectionism and it just isn't, it's not real, but it makes you stuck again. So admitting that I don't have the answers and that I need help is tricky. And it's a form of giving up control as well, which we also don't like as human beings. We don't want to, we don't want to do that because it puts us into a very vulnerable position in, in, in that moment. And I think it's maybe different in a business context. It's maybe different again in a sports context or something, 
But this, this, this soon as we go into the ter- very personal development kind of field, or then even relationships and love, you have to open even more in a sense. Then it's not easy, but it's extremely powerful and transformational if you do, because now we get to work on your heart. And that's just, it lights me up, man. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Yeah, I can see that. So it's this idea that if I seek help and guidance in some way, I'm failing. Yeah. Because or worthiness I, again, right? Yeah. Because I should know this. Exactly. I should be acing this test, right? Yeah. The test of life. I, I should, should be strong. This. I should be strong. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I should be. I should be. Yeah. Which actually stops people from reaching out. That's my experience of it. And that's been my own experience of it. it yeah. I mean, the yeah, ego goes, oh, don't go and work with that person yeah. because you know this shit. Yeah. It's uh, the opposite though of the truth, right? Because bravery is not to fake being strong all the time. Bravery is to admit that you need help, to yeah. ask for help. It's cr- like, how are you going to go through life all on your own all the time and be successful? It's not going to happen. We need other people. We need ideas. We need inputs. We have blind spots that we that I can't see myself. That's why I have a coach sometimes, right? Because I, I can't see it. I can't yep. see it. And then there's someone else coming in, looking at it. Of course, this is this. It's, okay, I see it now. And when you see it, you catch it and you can do something with it. As long as you're unconscious, if you can't see it, you can heal it. If you can't feel it, you can heal it. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, look, look we're banging on about this coaching element. And the reason why I think it's so important is to also recognize that the most, and I'm using inverted commas there, successful people in our world have coaches. Tony Tony Robbins, right? The biggest person to become a coach out there had a coach. Presidents of the US, right? Royalty, Princess Diana, right? Nelson Mandela. Yeah. These guys had someone to reflect back to them about, like you just said, their blind spots, about opening up this perception of zooming out because that's what a coach essentially does because they're not emotionally involved. They zoom out and they'll be like, Hey, why are you doing this? And you'll be like, I don't know fucking why I'm doing that. Is that really serving you to do that or engaging that? No, it's not. So stop doing it. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll stop doing it. (laughs) It can be as simple as that. It's It's as simple as that. So look, just moving on and closing Mm. up this, this loop around heartbreak. There was another aspect of heartbreak that I wanted to touch on, and I'm loving this conversation, by the way. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> is, is this element of what I certainly was engaging and speaking to friends and clients, I know they also engage in this behavior, is trying to stop the love for the ex, right? Mm. And when a relationship ends, we think we have to stop loving the other person for the sake of our mental sanity, and as we know, if you try and stop something, that's just a one-way ticket to more frustration and more pain. So it's this element of, and we have touched upon this, allowing all the feelings of anger, sadness, pain, frustration, allowing them to be there and acknowledging that you are fucking deeply in love with this person and that you love this person in the moment of your heartbreak. Yeah. Because that is part of the acceptance that we've, we've so covered in this podcast. Yeah, and it's, 
I understand why it happens sometimes because depending on what has happened in the relationship or how it unfolds or whatever, yeah, there's anger, there's, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And you, you lose love in a sense, right? Because betrayal and all this kind of, these are all valid things, but it's something that I never really understood. It, and I don't know, it's just different in that sense, but I never understood how you can go from someone being the most important person in that moment in your life to not like appreciating them speaking them speaking to them even them even not communicating yeah, like right? exactly just yes. like cutting everything off and and understanding i i also tell people like it's good to to cut contact for a while but yeah. that can be a month that can be two that can be three that can be a certain amount of time because there, there's a process in your mind right we're, we're basically a- attached to this person and there's like dopamine hits and all that kind of stuff that's going on that makes us addicted to that love and it makes us addicted to that person and the situations we experience with that person. That's why we're trying to check social media and go through the last text messages and go through all that because your brain is craving these hits. It's like you're a drug addict in a sense, right? It's And your ex in that sense would be the dopamine dealer. And you're going back, you're keeping yourself in that loop. There's a reason for not having contact right after the breakup because you need to heal. You need to it's like a detox, right? This is the way we call it when we don't eat for a while or whatever. It's like it's cleaning and it's cleansing everything. And it's very important to do that. But there is a time afterwards where you could be talking again and have a good relationship or something because this person was important. So I don't recommend being friends right after a breakup. I don't because it's very difficult to not bring feelings back into it or have jealousy or this or one person is a little bit ahead of the other one and it's just mostly it's messy right then one person is going to get hurt and the other one is going to be fine so it's a very delicate moment so i don't recommend being friends but that doesn't mean you can't go back to being friends after some point and me personally i have a great relationship with all my exes and that doesn't mean i'm not speaking to them frequently or anything but there's love and there's reciprocated love. I know there's respect. I know there's gratitude. And I've talked about this before, and I've even made posts about it. Actually, I am grateful for my past relationships because they have given me what I know today, and they've given me the relationship that I have today. I like Just be very clear. I wouldn't be in the relationship I am today without all the other relationships before. I wouldn't because I wouldn't have learned what I have learned. I wouldn't have understood about myself what I have understood. It, we, so all I do is I have gratitude for all these experiences, the good ones, the bad ones, because that, that they gave me something, man. They made me who I am today. And one of the biggest breakups emotionally that I had is, has made me a coach, has made me transform, has made me understand everything we talked about today. I had no idea about nothing before that. It wasn't in any way spiritual or energy or nothing of that sort. It, I, it needed that one to break up in the shell and get into this whole world. And here I am coaching other people going through breakups and really helping them see what I found over, over this last few years. So I'm just grateful for every relationship that I had in the past. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and the key point for me in all that is, yeah, the advice that you've just given about being clear, the cutoff of communication. Yeah. Uh, and also the other key point for me around this is don't stop the love. The love is yeah. the love and the love is present 
honor that love. Hold it was that about love. it. Yeah. yeah, tend to that love. Of course. Because for me, the way we do breakups is fascinating. It's bizarre. It's strange no. that, like you say, we can go from loving this person and being so intimate with this person, speaking to them three or four times a day, exchanging messages every day, and then suddenly, bang. Yeah. And I think there's a new way to explore breakups in our world. Uh, and it involves, we heard this term like conscious uncoupling. Yeah. I believe in the fundamentals of that, actually, that when we can hold and honor how we feel in our greatest sovereignty, meaning yeah. being aligned to who we truly are. And that requires inner work, right? That requires a journey of inner work and understanding all that stuff. Yeah. We can actually be full of gratitude and love for the other person. And I know you are an embodiment of using your relationships for transformation. And that's why you can speak from this level of authority because you've actually lived it, breathed it, understood it, explored it, felt it, cried yeah. over it, been there, done it, right? Got the T-shirt, as they say, here in London. So that's very, it's very inspiring to hear your story. And Thank you. Look, there's one last thing I want to talk about. Please. And we've talked about it already before, and I want to just give it some more focused attention and structure. And it's around this idea of non-duality. And I heard this a lot in my breakup, and especially in my grieving when I lost my parents. And for those who are not aware and are new to like duality and non-duality is this idea that it's, it's like a philosophical and spiritual belief that the universe and its components are not separated or divided. There's just this oneness and wholeness. And your hair terms, like there is no me, nobody dies, everything is perfect. There's only oneness, which is all deeply true, aligned to that truth of non-duality. Yeah. And I also recognize in spiritual circles, People have used it in terms of diminishing what the human is going through in that moment of their heartbreak. Mm. And for me, it's can we can we just drop that? Can we be witness to the suffering? Can we? I somehow manifested this, and that mm. I'm to blame for creating this situation in my life. And can we just be with the pain of the person? Just love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, this is deep, right? This is deep stuff and profound stuff. I truly believe that I believe in this notion of everything is one because everything is energy in an essence, right? And like the way I look at relationships is that relationships are here to teach us something. And we can play with this a little bit, right? If really everything is one and everything is connected and whatever is like, are we getting into relationships to learn more about ourselves? And I truly believe that because when you look at the partners that you had and the relationships that you had, it's mostly, it's a perfect fit, but it's a perfect fit in a way of teaching you something, or it shows you some dark spots that you have, or you need to understand your worth. And it's these deep, profound topics that only happen in relationships. They just don't surface in other areas like this. So relationships like this interconnectedness. So I truly believe in that. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong in a sense or have wrong expectations maybe about what a relationship is, right? The relationship, and I mentioned it before, is like two people coming together. That means there's two people coming together with their own stories, their own ideas, their own beliefs. That's going to clash. 
and you got to be okay with it. You got to want to play that game. And when you do and you understand, both sides understand that this is what's happening. And whenever something is surfaced or whenever an emotion or a feeling or this comes up and they can hold the space in that moment for each other, then we're coming back to that oneness in a sense, right? Because we're helping each other to come back to the truth. And the problem is most people don't understand that and they take it personal in that moment. And they're triggered by the other person. And now it's them doing something to me and I'm doing something to them. And then, of course, it breaks sooner or later. But it has to break in that sense, right? Because you get to learn stuff. And I think relationships are sometimes for a long time, sometimes for a short time, but they can all be equally profound. But I think they're here to teach us something. And understanding that is crucial and being willing to play that game with your partner. And being able to support through that process of feeling, of, you know, getting it out. And then you evolve together. And mostly one of the biggest issues, I think, when relationships break is one evolves and the other doesn't. And now you're not a match anymore. You're not on the same frequency, as we say. And it's very true. And it will break. One person understands something, evolves in a certain way, and the other one is not willing to or not able to. And that's okay. We have to accept the reality again here. It's okay that we're not always on the same level. And this is a game. This is flowing and flowing. So yeah, I, I like this duality and everything is one and relationships. I think it's a beautiful kind of symbiosis of, yeah, doing that inner work really. Yeah. Thank you for that. And just to add to that, as you were speaking, I thought of this tool that I've often used in my life, especially around relationships is, especially after a breakup, I did this after my last breakup. And you can do this after any ending of a relationship or a bereavement or any sort of grief you're feeling around a relationship is writing down everything that you received from that relationship and everything you gained. So I had a column, right? Everything that I received, everything I gained, right? So what did I receive? Where well, I received love and stability and kindness and compassion and care. Okay. What did I gain? I learned about myself. So I learned I have self-worth issues. I need to do more work on my inner world, my inner beliefs. Mm. What else did I learn? I learned that actually I am an amazing human being. I am worthy of love. You are. You'll, you'll gain an insight if you take time, you sit down, and you actually put the effort in to understand what you gain and, you, and what you learn. You'll be like, wow. And every time I've introduced this as a practice to clients and friends and family, you're like, oh, my goodness. I've received so much and I've learned so much. Yeah. And now I have a choice what I do with all this information. Yeah. And it's, again, this part of your mind only seeing the negative. That's why we have to create a list for the positive because we're, we just skip over it. It's, I don't know, reading the comments on social media or something like this, you will get stuck on the one negative one and you will not realize that there's a hundred good ones supporting you in your work or this or that. And that's how the brain works. It's just a very natural part of the brain doing its job of protecting you it will point out the danger in a sense. And that's the negative stuff. And yeah, it's amazing, man. <laughs> I think this is a great place to, to end the, end the podcast. Yeah. I just want to say one last thing that, that broken heartedness and suffering from a broken heart for me requires no lectures, it requires no sound bites. It requires no kind of perceptions and introspections. It just requires you to tend to what you're feeling. It requires you to tend to your heart. Yeah. I agree. I, I, love, I, I don't want to paint a picture around this because that's like how I love to look at 
at at heartbreak and this work that I'm doing or the work that everyone does with itself. And is that Kintsugi. I don't know if you're familiar with Kintsugi, which is like a Japanese art form of making broken things whole again, in a sense. So let's say a broken, like a vase or something like this breaks, they would use gold, like glue and gold to put it back together. And then you might've seen this before. You have these beautiful golden lines in something that's broken. And that's that's how I love to look at the work that I'm doing and this heartbreak thing, because that's what we're doing. We're mending it back together, but we're using gold because you're gonna we're going to become stronger out of it. And that's my whole expectation. So it's not just about healing. It's about thriving again. It's about learning something from it. It's becoming more of what you actually want. And it's that coming back to you in order to do that. And uh, yeah, that those are my last final words on this. I really enjoyed this, man. Great. Thank you for those closing thoughts. And I think that's a very apt and very beautiful way to end the podcast. So with that, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Tend to your heartbreak, take the tools, use the teachings of Bastion, use the awarenesses that you may have gained from this podcast. And yeah, that's it. (laughs) Much, much love. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey of exploring human potential. Now, it's your turn to take action and unleash your own greatness. Head over to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free and opt in for lots of free transformational tools. Embrace the knowledge and insights you've gained and start implementing them in your life today. Remember, the world is waiting for your incredible potential to shine.